Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast with your hosts, physical therapists, Dr. Michael Gorman and Dr. Lauren Bennett. This podcast will discuss a variety of health-related topics focused on educating the aging adult, allowing for an active lifestyle no matter the age. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. Enjoy the show. So what has been your reaction when you went to see your physician and you found out that instead of seeing the physician, you were going to be seen that day by the physician assistant? Uh, if this hasn't happened to you yet, there is a, a very good chance it will in the future. This is kind of the evolution of modern healthcare. Um, and I want everyone to feel at, at ease with that. So we have t- uh, today we have two very special guests I'm going to introduce here in a second. Um, and we'll talk about, you know, uh, what is the role of the physician assistant in today's modern healthcare world. So if you don't know who I am, where have you been the last 33 weeks? Uh, my name is Dr. Michael Gorman, I'm a physical therapist, and I'm one of the two hosts of the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast. Uh, Dr. Lauren Bennett, we gave her the week off. So she's probably playing pickleball somewhere in St. Louis. But um, um, uh, just uh, today, I wanted to, first of all, introduce two very special people. These are both physician assistants, and one is Raquel Russo. Hello, Raquel. Hi. <laughs> and it's great to uh, be here the other p- physician assistant is Paige Rakers. Hey, Paige, how are you doing today? Hey there, Mike. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, again, I really want this podcast to to let a patient know when they're seeing a physician assistant what that means because honestly some of the very best physician visits i've ever had um in the last several years have been when i saw the physician assistant um personally um this isn't to um um you know say anything bad about any physician out there because they're all wonderful but most times I feel like the physician assistant, or sometimes you might hear me call it a PA, um, the PA spends a little bit more time with me. And uh, that could be, I don't know, it could be uh, office by office, but so I personally have had some of the best experience. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and I wanna um, just have Paige and, and Raquel just tell us a little bit about themselves, their their background, and then really, what each of you guys uh, or why you wanted to become a PA in the first place. So uh, Raquel, we'll start with you. All right. So I was born and raised here in St. Louis, Missouri, and I actually did my undergraduate degree in biology at Mizzou. Awesome. I'm a Mizzou alum as well. Go Tigers. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. There you go. (laughs) Um, I actually went in as pre-med. And it wasn't until later in my studies when I started trying to gain more exposure in the healthcare field um, that I actually discovered what a PA was. So I admittedly had no idea what a PA was going into um, undergrad. And then I kind of found out later as I was working in the healthcare field. And um, I found that due to the collaborative nature of the profession and ability to kind of switch specialties and not kind of be stuck in one area, have to do a residency and then um, stay in that field kind of attracted me towards that profession. Awesome. So what what kind of things do you like doing in your off time, Raquel? Ooh, I love doing anything outdoors. So I'm excited that the weather's starting to warm up outside. 
I love to go hiking, um, spending time at the lake. Uh, I'm trying to get into pickleball. My mom's very into pickleball right now, as are many of our patients. So mm -hmm. uh, this summer, that's my goal to kind of get back into pickleball. We actually learned it in high school when I was back in high school and then kind of didn't hear about it for a while, but now it's booming. So it anything sports-related, activity-related, I'm down for. Well, I'm going to hook you up with Lauren, who's my co-host here, because she is the pickleball queen, so she can tell you all about it. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Paige. Let me know, let, let our audience know about you. Yeah. So um, I'm originally from a small town in Illinois called Carlisle, about an hour east of St. Louis, um, pretty small, around like 3,000, graduated with like 83 kids in my class. Um, I was pretty involved with sports growing up. So I always had that, like, love that team environment and um, competitive aspect of sports. Um, went on to play college basketball. I played at Michigan for two years um, and then transferred to St. Louis University, played at SLU for a couple years there. Um, some, similar to Raquel, like as I was in undergrad, I always kind of knew I wanted to be involved in healthcare. Um, didn't really know about a PA until I shadowed. And um, the more I shadowed and learned about it, I re realized it was what I wanted to do. Um, my identity had always kind of been shaped through sports and, mm -hmm. you know, I realized sports wasn't forever. So trying to figure out, you know, how can I make a difference the rest of my life and my career and finding out being a PA, like you're very autonomous, but you're also with working with a collaborating or supervising physician. Um, so having that teamwork kind of things kind of come full circle. So um, that was kind of how I got into PA um, learning about being a PA and why I wanted to be a PA. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, St. Louis university was in the women's NCAA tournament, right? Yeah. Go bells. <laughs> yeah. I know we did lose in the first round, but we played a great team. And I think that may have been the first time. I don't know how long it's been since we were last there. No, that was the first time for the, um, women's team. We played in the NIT, WNIT every time or every year I was there. Awesome. Um, that was the first NCAA appearance. Yeah. Nice. Well, welcome. Welcome. Um, so can you guys let me know training wise, what, what type of education does one have to go to in order to become a physician assistant? Um, so a physician assistant degree is, we got a master's in medical science from, we both went to St. Louis university okay. school. So it's a 27 month program and we're trained on the same medical model that physicians are trained on. Ours is just shorter. So they typically have two years of didactic and two years of clinical experience. So we kind of have half of that. So we do one year of didactic and one year of clinical experience, but um, it actually almost um, equals the amount of training they have didactic wise. I think our course hours are 14 hours short of what they do. Uh, and we do all that in one year as opposed to their two years. So wow. Okay. So you're drinking out to <laughs> Yeah. So you're, we're talking, um, six and a half years of college is pretty much six and a half, almost seven years. Okay. Okay. Do you guys do any type, like, uh, as part of your training, do you do surgery observation or do you do, do you scrub in and do things like that or nice? Yeah. Um, one of the, I think there's nine rotations total, um, seven, seven of them are usually required. And then the other two are usually electives. 
one of them is a required surgical rotation and then one of your electives could be so you could be doing one or two surgery rotations and depending on your rotation you know you could be in there being the first assist for the surgeon oh, help nice. close That's... up hold devices and all yeah that what uh, how many people were, were you guys in the same class then same pa class uh, technically, um, Raquel, and she can speak to this. She did kind of a dual master's program and got her master's in public health as well. So she did started a year before me, but ended up graduate, graduating with our nice. class. Okay, great, great. And how many people were in your class? Uh, 44 to 48. Yeah, 44 to 48. Okay. And I don't even know, is there a lot of uh, PA schools out there? Um, it's definitely, definitely continuing to proliferate for sure. Um, and that's one thing I think the accreditation and credential, like the process of the schools is definitely kind of being hammered down on just because mm -hmm. it's growing and you have to stay pretty selective with uh, making sure people are still being trained appropriately and schools are up to par. Um, but yeah, I think they're still trying to keep it under 50. I know the program has yeah. grown a couple kids every year so do we have any other PA schools, schools in missouri yeah do we have any other pa schools in missouri yeah yeah there's four total four umkc missouri state stevens college in columbia oh. and then oh i didn't know Stevens. and then i think we're getting another one i i believe that logan university here is trying to start up a program in the future interesting so logan for those of the, for, for if you don't know logan's a chiropractic um, college and oh, so they're they're thinking about starting PA school. Okay, cool. All right, so Paige, let me know what are the what are the different settings that a PA could work in? Like, where might I find a uh, where might I find a schedule that I might be put on where a PA might work? Um, honestly, anywhere you think of, like hospital settings, whether that's inpatient care, they're rounding on patients that are, you know, hospitalized or um, they're in operating room, so helping a being the first assist for a surgeon um, clinics as Raquel and I are in um, ski patrol. I'm sure there's PAs that even work in ski patrol. Urgent cares. Um, I I don't remember who it was. I even think there was a PA that went up into space mm -hmm. over the last year. So um, you think of it. I'm sure there's a role for a PA. <laughs> Actually, the medical director for the U.S. ski team is a PA. So that's awesome. Cool. Uh, that's so cool. You know, I graduated from Mizzou from physical therapy school in 1993, believe it or not. You guys, um, I'm not sure if you guys were born anatomy or not, class. but um, <laughs> uh, I don't even recall, honestly, and perhaps it was, and I'm going to ask you guys that next, but I don't recall a PA program, me even hearing about it, but I definitely would have perhaps lean towards that had I known. I mean, I love my career, but I, I love what you guys do too. So, you know, I think healthcare, modern healthcare has evolved. We know so much and we could have 10 podcasts about why that is. Some of it is insurance reimbursement. Um, you know, some of it's just roles expand and change, but can you guys let me know? A, I don't know. And I should have looked at when like the first PA graduating class was, but how does the role of a physician assistant now compared to what it was maybe in 1993 or 2003, how have things changed? Um, well, I, th I believe it was like 1960 was the first 
okay. Like graduating class originally, PA is kind of came about. Yeah, Duke University. Um, okay. I think it was in the Navy, something military, mm -hmm. where there is just this huge short of shortage of primary care physicians. Um, you know, and patients couldn't get in to see providers. So that's essentially why the role of a PA was created to help that um, uh, help access to patient care for patients. So. I think over the years, it has definitely evolved where we are definitely more autonomous uh, as providers. And now that may, depending on the setting you work in, um, whether or how much supervision you get from your, um, or training you get from your collaborating physician. Um, I think it's growing what specialties you see us in too. I think, you know, years ago, you would just see a PA in a primary care office where now you see I think surgery is probably the biggest booming specialty. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Urgent cares are a big yeah, growing. emergency and urgent care. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's urgent cares everywhere now. So that that makes sense. Okay. I do uh, think it'll continue to evolve where there'll be more specialized programs or residency trainings since, you know, we're, they're starting to be a higher volume of PAs um, to make it the specialty aspect a little more selective just because we do have that lateral mobility um mm -hmm. there are currently av available fellowships and residency programs for pas too especially um if you're wanting to go into a specific specialty and just kind of want more training in that area before um, cool. practicing more independently so actually mizzou has a really good critical care and emergency medicine fellowship and then there are a ton of surgical uh, mm -hmm. fellowships as well Wow. Awesome. Yeah. See, I didn't even know that. That's the fun thing about doing a podcast is I learn stuff every week. Um, so I'm sure it's the role is just going to, as you said, I think Paige said, there's a role is just going to uh, continue to evolve. Um, so, you know, as I said earlier, personally, when I have seen a PA for any uh, physician visit I've been to, honestly, it's always been a great experience, but I guess I want to hear from you, like, like when that patient walks into that office and they find out that, okay, today you're going to be seeing uh, Dr. Bezos PA uh, page. What, you know, I guess, why should the audience feel comfortable with seeing you guys compared to seeing the physician and offices? I would imagine sometimes when a patient walks in, they know they're going to see you guys. And sometimes maybe they yeah. think they're seeing the actual physician and so anyway, if you guys, if uh, maybe we'll start with uh, Raquel and then Paige, we'll have you chime in. But, you know, let let my our audience know why they should feel comfortable, because it's going to happen where they're going to see PAs. And that's a great thing. But tell us why. Well, like I mentioned before, we're trained on the medical model, which is similar to how the physicians are trained. Um, in addition to that, once we start um, out in our career, um, a lot of times we spend time with our collaborating physician um, doing some more hands-on training um, prior to practicing more independently. Um, and even so, we still have a very collaborative role. I know I, um, personally, we both work very closely with our um, collaborating physicians, Dr. Crane and Dr. Bay. So it's really nice to be able to have that um, team approach. Uh, additionally, uh, most of the studies that have been done have shown that um, patients have um, the similar patient satisfaction scores and patient outcomes as when they see a physician. So cool. Awesome. Awesome. Paige, how about you? Yeah, I kind of um, echo everything Raquel said. Um, like in, in being at Blue Tail, I guess I'll kind of just give a little experience being at Blue Tail with Dr. Yeah. Blaze. You know, 
I'm his first PA. So that's kind of been um, something to navigate. Like a lot of his well-known patients that have been seeing him for, you know, 10 plus, the, 10 plus years, they're confused who they're seeing or why they're seeing someone different than Dr. Bayes, which, um, so I, I kind of just try to use that as an opportunity to, you know, make a good impression for a PA and what a PA, PA is and, um, you know, reassure them, like we work very collaborative, collaboratively with Dr. Bayes and Dr. Crane. Um, I think that's special about Blue Tail. We have that, um, we, we're autonomous, yet we still have that ability to reach out to a provider if we're unsure of things. So that's something I usually always reassure patients of too, if they're hesitant, I'm like, he trained me well, you know, if I have any questions, I'll make sure to reach out to him um, and clarify. And the time right. aspect, you know, we get more time with the patient, which is definitely something they appreciate. And um, I I enjoy being able to explain things to patients and answer any questions they have that most offices they go to, they may never have that opportunity to um, get those answers or even ask those questions. So. Yeah, I agree. That's that's been my experience. I feel that when I'm able to see the the PA, I definitely get more time. I get all my questions answered. And um, so when a new patient comes in um, to Blue Tail, do they, will they see the physician first and then you guys the same visit or you guys the second visit? Uh, you know, what, 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 what are the rules, I guess, as far as what a PA can do? Uh, I think it just depends. Um, I think down the road, as we continue to grow, grow um, at Blue Tail, you know, we would, I would be seeing most of the, the initial evaluations, maybe some of the follow-ups if Dr. Bayes continues to grow and can do more of the treatment side of things. Um, but like from a provider standpoint, we, we can see anything, whether it's initial visit, follow-up visit, a scheduled injection or something along those lines. Um, there's really a lot of flexibility to that. Good, good. We assist in our uh, biologic treatments as well. So a lot of times we'll help Dr. Bayes and Dr. Crane harvest bone marrow and things like that as well. So Great. Okay. And yeah, I, I want to put a little plug in for your practice that you guys are part of. It's called Blue Tail Medical. And we interviewed Dr. Bayes, oh, I don't know, maybe podcast 25, 24, 26, something like that. So you guys can all go back and li listen to that. But um, y'all have a pretty amazing practice. Um, very, I think a very modern practice. So you've already touched on it some, but it, could you just tell me a couple things like as a PA, what, what you guys do um, in the office? And I know you've already touched on it, but maybe one, one more time to say that again. How about you, Paige? Um, well, from a like provider standpoint, our, our office is pretty modern. Like we have x-rays in office. We do diagnostic ultrasound as well, musculoskeletal ultrasound. So cool. that's kind of like your window into the soft tissues, the joints, the body. Um, and we use it for all of our injections. So the accuracy and um, patient satisfaction is definitely higher with using a ultrasound with all your injections um, and for diagnostic purposes and ultrasound is very great because they don't need an MRI to, you know, go through that advanced imaging and have a huge bill on the backhand. Um, totally agree. Nice totally. to have that extra screening. Um, we're able to do injections in office. We can usually do them the same day as an in initial evaluation, okay. depending on insurance. Um, and then 
I'll kind of hand it over to Raquel if she wants to touch on more of the like biologic side of things, but we definitely assist with some of the treatments, PRP um, and stem cells. So. Yeah. So in addition to doing a lot of the orthopedic stuff and assisting in the biologic treatments, um, my role also includes um, practicing a little bit of functional medicine as well. So um, in our Columbia office, I'm taking on more of the orthopedic role in assisting in treatments. And then at our St. Louis office, my primary focus is functional medicine. So we have two kind of separate ways we do that. One is something called a treatment optimization visit. So we'll bring patients through that are getting biologic treatments um, that have them scheduled um, and kind of go over some things that we think make an impact on how they're going to respond to the treatment. So our overall goal is to help them get the best possible outcome from their biologic treatment. Um, additionally, with the functional medicine side, patients can take a deeper dive into their health. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with functional medicine, um, it kind of focuses on treating at cause rather than effect. So we don't just want to throw medications at the symptoms. We want to try to find the root cause and tackle it that way. So taking a more proactive versus reactive approach. Um, so that's kind of what my role is. That is very cool. And um, I'm going to probably uh, talk to you about joining us again on a podcast because the whole functional medicine to me is uh, just the way it should be. Yep. You know, I, I love what you said about um, kind of being at cause instead of effect. You know, let's let's try to be proactive instead of reactive. So I bet you'll get an email from me in the next day or two trying to schedule our next podcast. But, <clears throat> um, you know, I uh, I also know you all can order. Can you order? Uh, well, what, what can you order? Cause I'm going to do a little shameless plug. Cause I know that you, you can order physical therapy, but what other services can a physician assistant order? Um, basically anything a physician can, um, okay. you know, we can order any lab tests, any imaging tests. Um, Raquel mentioned there's more tests you can order in the functional medicine side of things and stuff, but uh, prescription wise, we can basically order anything. If you're going to order any scheduled drugs, though, you need a DEA license, which I don't personally have. I don't believe Raquel does either. We don't really yeah. do a lot of prescribing like that. Um, if patients need higher level pain medications, uh, usually the physicians will prescribe that. Um, Got it. Okay. Great. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I always like to ask every guest this question. So, uh, I want to know sort of what is your daily mantra, words that you live by? Um, I think it's always neat to learn what other people's mantra is. So Raquel, we'll start with you. We'll, we're going to put you on the spot first. So what, what's your daily mantra that you live by? Uh, my daily mantra and words I live by probably uh, no act of kindness, no matter how small is ever wasted. So I always mm -hmm. try to perform at least one small act of kindness per day. Um, when I apply this to seeing patients, I always treat every patient that walks through the door um, as if they were a member of my family. So that's really helped me to just remind myself, um, everybody's fighting a battle you don't know anything about. So just always be kind. Very, very true. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Paige, how about you? Well, that one's going to be hard to top. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I yeah, agree. that was a good one. Um, I you know, there's a lot of different daily mantras I live by. What I kind of wrote down was a, a quote that said, God does not call, call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Um, and that's something I just kind of live by, you know, 
if you're ever unsure of your role in a situation, just know like God put you there for a reason and you're fully Agreed. capable of the position you're in. And um just always putting putting in the work and uh um yeah. That's great. Well, Those a are... big phrase I use too at Blue Tail is motion is lotion to patients. <laughs> I usually get a kick out of yes. that. That's right. It, it is amazing how um, if people can start moving, getting on a good um, medically based exercise program, they start feeling better almost immediately. So, well, thank you One guys. One of our patients that was in their nineties told us if you rest, you rot. So we always say that in our pod. <laughs> I love that. That's something I've never, so if you rest, you rot. Very true. Very true. Well, um, I want to thank you guys for obviously being on the podcast um, and giving me 30 minutes of your Saturday morning. But I want to thank you for everything you do for every patient you see every day because your role in today's healthcare world is huge right now. And I know it's going to just grow each and every day. So I personally thank you for taking the, the time that you guys do and the passion you have not only, uh, you know, just with it, with every patient that you experience with Blue Tail and I think just with people in the world. So thank you so much for being, especially, you know, thank you for, you know, th this, this podcast is really focused on um, uh, active aging, healthy uh, active aging, um, not only longevity. Uh, I just don't want people to live to be 90. I want people to be, have healthy long longevity. I know that you all play a huge role in that. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate your time and um, organization. Yes. Well, I want you. to, uh, if you guys don't mind, I always uh, ask every guest we have if, if of course, if, if, if someone li listening to the, to our podcast wants to get in touch with us, they can always email us at info at imovephysicaltherapy.com. But if they have a question, um, specific question for you, you guys, we can either put your information or show notes, or if you just want to maybe leave an email address or however a patient, a patient or a potential patient could contact you. How about uh, Raquel, do you want to start? Um, yes, I can uh, email my email address to have um, for patients to be able to contact me or anybody that's just interested in learning more about what we do. Um, awesome. It's RaquelKRusso at gmail.com, but I'll have that written down. Okay. I'll put that in our show notes and Paige, how about you? Yeah, same here. Um, I can give our office schedulers number too, if people, you know, are interested in scheduling yeah. an appointment or something, but my email, I will also send, but pmrockers, R-A-K-E-R-S at gmail.com. Um, our scheduler is 636-778-2814 and her name is Karen. Karen, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, again, thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you for being part of the Healthy Habits for Active Aging community, our podcast. Hope you guys have a great day. And for our audience, thank you for uh, everything you do for us. If you want to watch us on YouTube, on YouTube and see what Paige and Raquel look like, go to the iMovePT uh, YouTube page and you'll see all of us up there. Have a great day and please come back next week for our uh, next edition. I'm not sure what we're talking about, but it'll be a good one. Have a great day. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast. If you have any questions for Dr. Gorman or Dr. Bennett, please send an email to info at imovephysicaltherapy.com. To learn more about healthy aging, visit our website at imovephysicaltherapy.com. Like what you hear? Be sure to rate and subscribe. See you next week.